Welcome to Sister Sharpen Sister. Three sisters, three lives, three opinions. Three sisters get together each week and talk about first one thing and then another. Primary focus being health and fitness, but you never really know where our conversations are going to end up. Welcome to this week's episode of Sister Sharpen Sister. My name is Shalon and I am joined by Karen and Delina. This week, we are talking about some tips and tricks and experiences that we've had when it comes to jumping back into your routine after being ill or having an injury. Now, I will be honest and admit that I am traditionally horrible at this. (laughs) I am not very good at getting back into let's say the nutrition part of things after I've been sick or after I've healed from maybe just tweaking my shoulder or sleeping on it wrong or something like that. I can get back to moving fine, but it's the nutrition part that I suck at. That's what's hardest for me. And pardon me, I have food in my mouth. I'm trying to keep my blood sugar from bottoming me now. But I would have to say that with this foot issue that I've had and I'm coming off of having Uh, bronchitis I'm still on medication for that that getting back into moving has been really difficult this time well yeah you have two physical things that inhibit you from moving period (laughs) yeah (laughs) but when like for my example just having a head cold and then coming back into the regular routine of moving it's not it's not horrible for me to do that right but you push through you've actually done the uh done the thing that I am that I have been unsuccessful at, which is moving every day for a year. Yeah. But that being said, when it comes to moving your body in during illness, it's like if it, if it's from your, your head up, do it. If it's from your head down, you need to rest. And you had from the head down because you have bronchitis. So you needed to rest. Yeah. I've even got an inhaler. <laughs> yeah. No. I, maybe I, mean, I can maybe get back some... to it t- tomorrow. But we'll see. I, I, I... Well, I was just sitting here thinking maybe some light range of motion type things, not a full on yoga routine, but just at your own pace. All right. I'm going to stretch my hamstrings. I'm going to stretch my shoulders, you know, just light. That is actually stretching. one of the tips that I have, which is, um, let's see. Well, one of the things that I found was a hospital for for special surgery, which has locations I know in New York and somewhere in Florida. Where did this guy say he is? He is in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. This guy's name is uh, James Carr II, orthopedic surgeon in the Sports Medicine Institute at the Hospital for Special Surgery. And the Hospital for Special Surgery, let me just say that That right there is the world's leading academic medical center focused on musculoskeletal health. Wow. Yeah. It is ranked number one in orthopedics for 13 years in a row by uh, U.S. News and World Report and has been the top ranked hospital for both orthopedics and rheumatology for 31 consecutive years. Wow. And this guy wrote a... I don't know if you would call this a blog post or just something that is put out on the uh, hospital for special surgery website. And one of the tips says to take your time and listen to your physical body, because according to him, 
uh, recovery should last twice as long as the time that your injury or illness has kept you out of commission. So if you've had a hurt shoulder for a week, it should take you two weeks to get back to where you were before the injury. I totally would agree with that. Yeah. And he actually suggests maybe doing stretching and then moving on into like something Pilates or yoga and then getting back into uh, whatever your normal routine would be. Oh, yeah. This surgeon, Dr. Carr, said that the the deconditioning that you have experienced from not working out or not moving like you normally do could actually increase your incidence of injury on the associated side. And Delena has experience with that already. First her, what was that, your right knee? And now your left knee? knee. No, it was my left knee first, and then now it's my right knee. It's the same injury on each knee. Apparently, that's not uncommon. Mm -hmm. Well, it makes complete sense. When you've been still and lost strength, and then you try to get back at it, and boom, there goes the other side, because you're using that other side more to compensate. Exactly. But, But the first thing that you should absolutely do before you get back into it is consult your doctor. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that should be the first thing. For every, anybody who actually goes to the doctor, if it's like a, a sickness, like right, you've got a yeah. head cold or a flu or something. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you've got like an injury, and especially if you're doing a physical therapy, you also need to talk to your therapist. They're going to have a hands-on of what their professional opinion is with what you should and should not be doing. Yeah, absolutely. What else have we got? When it comes to your exercise routine, um, you're going to lose cardio a lot faster than you lose your muscle strength. Yeah. Something that I personally do after being down and not moving is I always pick my favorite workouts to start with. That's a good tip because then you're more motivated to do it. Right. I mean, if I'm not going to start with something that I like, I'm sorry, but I don't like cardio. So I'm not going to start with cardio. I'm going to start with one of the routines that I absolutely love is just a full body workout. And it touches head, shoulders, knees, and toes and everything in between. And just using a lighter weight than I normally would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something else too is to, um, like this Dr. Carr said, to start with stretching and then maybe use banded workouts. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that is easy, um, more gentle on your body than using weights. And then go from banded workout to either like some cable exercises if you have, um, you know, if you have access to that. And then go back into starting with a light weight. The workout routines that I do on a regular basis are functional fitness workouts. So I don't want to go right back in and start squatting 200 pounds. I need to back off and do a lighter weight. Mm-hmm. I certainly hope people realize that. <laughs> yeah. People don't, though. And, you know, and if, if you're looking at an injury, you also need to think about why or how you were injured and don't repeat mm-hmm. whatever it was that caused you to be injured if it was possibly something that you did. Right. Like you didn't and give then- yourself enough time to recover or you increased your, your, the, the, the amount of weight that you're lifting or... If you're a runner and you're like, okay, I can do five more miles, maybe you should have started with one or two or something. And then also, too, depending on what your medical team suggests, your beginning movement might be something more toward strengthening that injury Mm -hmm. like therapy does. Mm -hmm. And you can't ignore the pain. No, don't ignore pain. 
And if you're not sure, if you're like, is it pain or is it discomfort? Stop. Because if it's pain, you can injure yourself. Pain is a signal in the nervous system that indicates that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, something else, too, is that if you're doing a movement and your body's making a funny noise that it doesn't normally make, stop. Even if it doesn't hurt, stop. Because mm-hmm. that's what I went through when I messed up my rotator cuff. Oh, I, I remember you dumbbell. talking about that. Yep, I was doing dumbbell flies and my left shoulder started kind of clicking. It wasn't, wasn't painful at all, but it was clicking, 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 clicking. And I kept going because it wasn't painful. And I ended up, it was what was happening was as I was injuring my rotator. So if your body's making funny noises, it doesn't normally make, stop and figure out what's going on. So with your rotator cuff, did you have inflammation after that and pain or what happened? Oh, yeah. No, no, I hadn't made, I, I was fine until the next morning that I couldn't even move my arm. I had to go to the doctor and get um, a cortisone shot. Hmm. Yeah, it deals with a uh, rotator injury and he has to be very careful, particularly on flies. I've had frozen shoulder and it involves the rotator because, you know, your, your rotator, your rotator cuff is not just one muscle. There's like three or four muscles there in the shoulder because your shoulders and your hips are the uh, ball and socket joints, which means that there's far more movement associated with those joints than there is any other joints in your body, except for maybe your neck. You know, your neck can move pretty much the same way your shoulders and your hips can. But a lot of times what I'm finding just with myself, like with my foot, is that because my foot was so inflamed when I first went to the podiatrist, he went ahead and injected it. But had I went to him when I first started having the pain, he said that his treatment would not have been injection or anything like that at all mm-hmm. because they're moving away from going to anything invasive. Whereas, you know, an injection is not really invasive, invasive. It's still puncturing your skin yeah you're still putting something in there that's not normally there right that would be invasive they like to try to open up the the nerve pathways and relax the muscles and decrease inflammation by natural means like through movement i love this that is fantastic the guy that did my um knee surgery he has gone instead of jumping immediately for like a small meniscus tear Instead of jumping immediately to surgery and saying, let me go in there and trim that off for you. Uh, he has started doing non-invasive treatments like strengthening the muscles and the tendons just around the joint to support it better so that there's not as much pain. Wow. Yeah, the uh, the surgeon I, I use for my knees, um, if they're small meniscus tears, he doesn't do surgery either. He only does them if they're severe. And unfortunately, that's what I've got. Well, that's what happens too, as you get older, when you're younger, you have the, the smaller injuries, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot, Yeah. not always because, you know, baseball players and basketball players and yeah. football players. I mean, these people have a lot yeah. of injuries just doing the sport. Yeah. You're older, you just be going up a flight of stairs and bam, there your knee goes out and you fall down on the stairs because you can't lift yourself up. <laughs> it's that simple. Or you're yeah. just walking and you pivot and then bam, your knee, your, your knee pops and it's extremely painful. It can be that simple mm-hmm. the older you get. Now, the surgeon that I'm seeing for my knees, he said anybody who's above 30 years old has an increased chance of damaging their meniscus. I mean, that says a lot for while you're younger, go ahead and start with a workout routine of some sort, even if it's just walking. Yes. What else have we got? Be patient and forgiving to yourself for not being able to just jump right back in where you left off because you can't do that. and Don't overdo it. Well, you had to build up to it the first time. What is it that's in cherry pits that's bad for you? 
cyanide? Is it cyanide? Arsenic? I, don't know. I know cyanide. Arsenic, cyanide, cyanide or arsenic, in, uh, that and, and peaches. Yeah, I, I forget which one it is. Cyanide. It might be arsenic. Is it a pit? Because I know that. Um, Google it. Oh, well. Cyanide is in apple seed. It is. Red not to feed that arsenic, too much. Arsenic's in apples, isn't it? I thought that that's what was in apples. I don't know. I just know that I read don't feed apples and stew chickens. I've also heard that there are cultures in this world that eat pits. Yes. And they don't have cancer. I just saw that. Yeah. Uh, cherry pits contain amygdala, which the body converts to cyanide. Oh. Swallowing a small number is safe. Okay, that's good because I've swallowed two. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a little bird, so you'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. The one thing that I heard about that was apricot pits, though. Apricot. Right? It was the inside. You open it up, the inside of an apricot looks like an almond. Yeah, so does a peach. Peach pit does, too. Right. And they eat those all the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Apple seeds also contain this amygdalin that is converted into cyanide. Where did I get the arsenic from? I don't Hang on. Hang on. It might be in some, some something. You said apricots? Mm-hmm. Uh, cyanide as well and apricots. And now let's look at peach. Also cyanide. Also the pit from, um, oh, great. What's it called? An avocado. Avocado, yeah. <laughs> I love that we all knew what that was. <laughs> We're communicating. <laughs> says almonds. Oh, wait a minute. Peaches, apricots, cherries, plums, and apples contain amygdalin. Almonds are seeds of a plant in the same family but are safe to eat. Okay, that's completely off topic. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to poison myself here. <laughs> we just went down a little rabbit hole. Uh, we were talking about uh, getting back into it slowly. I'm going to use the example of somebody that plays golf. I do not golf. I never, I, I have been on a golf course in a golf cart, but I wasn't playing golf. Anyway, let's say you've uh, you had an injured shoulder from golf and you've spent your two weeks recovering. When you go back to it, don't go play nine holes. <laughs> Maybe uh, putt and uh, what do they call that? Like chipping. And do that for like an hour or a couple of hours and then go home. Go rest. home and rest because you have to let those exercise endorphins wear off before you know how you really feel. Mm. For me, getting back into a CrossFit style workout, I'm not going to be able to do, I mean, I probably could, but I'm going to have to modify what they put on the board for a workout because I've been out of it for three weeks. I am still tired. I cannot tell you how tired I feel. There's another tip is to make sure that your vitamins and minerals are good for when you're getting back into things. Yeah. Well, yeah, you need to need to stay hydrated and eat well. Mm hmm so that takes us into nutrition. So what are some tips to get back into a healthy nutrition plan after you've been sick? It's kind of the same thing as a workout. Start small. <laughs> think before you eat. Think before you move and think before you eat. It's really good. I like that. I'm not good at that. Me neither. Well, with the food, it's usually, it's going to be great right now. <laughs> but down the road, it's going to be like, oh, why did I eat that? While I was laid up, I ate once a day <laughs> and I had hot and sour soup. When huh. I have chest congestion, 
I love hot and sour soup. I don't know. It, it blooms inside my chest and it just, it feels so much better Mm -hmm. and it opens me up and I can breathe better. I've actually still got some in the fridge that I'll probably have for dinner this evening. (laughs) I have family who are missionaries in Thailand uh, are over here visiting and they brought us some stuff from Thailand. And one of them is a hot and sour soup. Really? Mm -hmm. I was talking the other day that his favorite chicken fried rice is Thai. He said it is the best he's ever had. When you're injured and you're not doing your regular workout routine, your nutrition can go completely off track. Of course, your nutrition can go completely off track no matter what. <laughs> well, here's here's some uh, what I believe is very good advice. Is if for whatever reason you're not you're not able to maintain your fitness routine, you need to recheck how many calories you're taking in. Mm. Because you need more food when you're active you need less food when you're not as active so you need to pay attention to that while you are sick and i'm not saying don't eat because you need to eat for your body to heal but if you work out every single day lifting weights and cardio every single day you're going to need more calories to sustain that than you will if you're injured and not being able to do that so you need to think about doing that and that will help you i I believe once you get back into your activities Commit to one small thing at a time, you know, just take, take the first week and just commit to hitting your protein goals and just let every, let everything else fall where it falls. However you're feeling, whatever you're doing, getting back into your movement routine. And then the next week, all right, let's do protein and carb goal. Let's hit both of those type of thing and just work back into it like that. Yeah. Well, I think both of those are actually really, really good. But for me, my first step is that I have to tell myself to quit putting it off. <laughs> you know, I just have to say, okay, you get up and do it. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> you know, like Nike. And it's it's the typical stuff of anybody starting a nutrition plan for the first time or starting a different one is, I don't know, the same old advice. Uh, make a menu. Mm-hmm. shop the right yeah. sections of the store or like for me I do better when I order my food and I go pick it up yeah than just wandering around too. the store yeah especially when you're hungry and you go to <laughs> oh my gosh that go should be the up and first go inside tip. the shop much better yes that should be the first tip for anybody when they're talking about nutrition is don't shop hungry yes <laughs> not only will you make better choices you'll save money <laughs> yes yes <laughs> You have to also understand your cravings. Like, do you crave anything when you're sick? Yeah. Yeah. So understand your cravings. And then once you come out of being ill, whether it's a head cold or a stomach virus or whatever it is, realize that is this, is this because I'm used to having this? Did I get into the habit of having this? Mm Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times in the past, I've noticed that I've gotten into the habit of wanting something sweet after I eat. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then after I eat, it's like, okay, where's my gluten-free animal crackers? I need four or five of them. But no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need them. I just want them. Well, okay. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with four or five animal crackers. No, but if if I make a habit of it, stick my hand down in there and get four or five animal crackers while I'm cleaning up the kitchen after dinner 
then I'm more likely to stick my hand in there again in a couple of hours or something like that. Because once I get a sweet taste in my mouth, I keep wanting that sweet taste in my mouth. It's addictive. My, my husband will swear to that. Because mm -hmm. he, he was real, real bad about it. And, and I, he would say to me, you know, can you please get some sweets at the store? So I would. I'd get them for him. I didn't need them. But then he got to where he said, please don't buy the sweets anymore. And I said, okay. And he's kind of got now the habit of eating the sweets. And he'll tell you that it was like an addiction. It is. I've noticed the same thing. Like when I am paying attention to the amount of water that I'm drinking in a day, the mm -hmm. more water I drink, the more water I want. And the more healthy I eat, the more healthy I want to eat. And it's just, it's harder to stay on that uh, optimal nutrition side of the track than it is, <laughs> you know, the, the sweet side of the track, because that's, that's so easy. <laughs> yeah. Having, making sure that your first meal of the day is protein packed also helps with keeping you on track. Helps you feel full and satisfied. And you need to remind yourself of why you started it to begin with. And that's something that I've been struggling with since, since April, <laughs> when my foot started bothering me real bad. I was in Florida, you know, I, I, it was very relaxed and I had a wonderful time, but I completely wrecked my workout routine messed up my nutrition while I was down there and I'm having a hard time refocusing on why mm -hmm. because right now the attitude that Karen has today is yes I'm ready uh tomorrow's Monday I'm going to go up to uh, the gym and I'm going to work out we're going to probably do you know squats or deadlifts and and I love that stuff I love doing it but tomorrow my attitude might be Karen you are well over 50, you are a grandmother of seven children. Why on earth do you want to be anything more than what you are right now? Because you want to remain on this earth longer so you can spend more time with those seven grandchildren. And that's what keeps coming back to me. You know, Karen, you want to see your oldest grandchild graduate from high school. Mm -hmm. I want to. I want to see him get married. I want to see my youngest grandchild graduate from high school. You know, maybe even see some yeah. great grandkids. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and another thing that I want to be able to do, and this is something that I have not told anybody except Arnie, is that I would like to hike a portion of the Appalachian Trail. Oh, cool. Let's do it. Yeah, that is cool. Yes, I absolutely would love to do that. I think it would be great. Yeah. I mean, and a portion of it goes through West Virginia. Some of it goes through Tennessee, I think, doesn't it? I gotta I think look so, now. yeah. Yeah, because uh, I believe part of the Appalachian Trail, ooh, I think so. Oh, I think so. I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember. I'm sorry, I Appalachian only has two L's. A-P-P-A. Spell. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you got off a little bit off topic, but that is something that can help us rebuild our fitness and nutrition is to have someone to be with you on your rebuilding journey. Oh, gosh. Yes, absolutely. Encouragement, and motivation, support. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Somebody to light a fire under your butt. Yep. Like, Which one you of need? you guys have the matches? <laughs> yeah, my fire starter's broken. <laughs> we went to, um, wasn't a farmer's market, but I was got a friend who's got a garden and he and his wife are both retired and they're selling their produce. So we went yesterday and bought some stuff for them and got some fresh corn. And I'm going to do some on the grill. You know those grill lighters? I got a few of them, Karen. So I might be able to reach you from here, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. The Appalachian Trail does not hit West Virginia. It comes up to the border. Um, Tennessee. 
it does go along the border of Tennessee and North Carolina. And it actually, yeah. like in the very tippy panhandle, it kind of just goes straight up, hits Virginia, goes along the West Virginia, Virginia border, and then goes more into Virginia and up towards the outside of uh, West Virginia's panhandle. Okay. So what but, part would you do? I mean, I don't see any reason why I couldn't. Mm. Here's the thing. The part that's on the North Carolina-Tennessee border, because I'm thinking I read this when we, when we did our vacation podcast, that is somewhere close to the Blue Ridge Parkway. Well, I was getting ready to say what Dee Dee was talking about in her episode. Oh, no. Figure out how to work this map. Scrolling in way too fast. I mean, that would be that would be very pretty to do, I, I would mm -hmm. think. Yeah, I mean, it goes right in the Blue Ridge Mountain, Mountains, uh, Chattanooga National Forest, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Mm -hmm. So you could go down to, where could you go? It's really close to Bristol, Virginia. Or is that Tennessee? Yeah, there's also a Bristol, Tennessee. So. No, that's Tennessee. That's Bristol, Tennessee. Okay. Oh, you know what? I could go down to Blacksburg and get on it. Okay. That's closer than Bristol, Tennessee. Yeah, I think Roanoke is one of the one of the cities that's actually along the the trail. Yep, it's right. It's right north. The trail is right north of Roanoke and right north of Blacksburg. Uh, goes along the Jefferson National Forest and east of Charlottesville. There are people who will get on that thing and like do it in in a three month span, right? Yeah, from one end to the other. And yeah. there are people that break it up and say, "Okay, I'm mm -hmm. going to do." these 15 miles and then the next time I'm going to do the next 15 miles and maybe I'll ride a bike for these miles and mm -hmm. I just think that I, I don't know it's something I would like to do I've said it now whether or not it comes to fruition is yet to be seen all right well do we have any other tips for I don't know getting back on the uh, nutrition wagon after falling off what's the best thing you've done for yourself Shalon because you said nutrition is the hardest for you it's what so hard the, for me to pick right now because I'm in a slump. <laughs> well, what's the easiest thing you've done to get back on? And what's the hardest way you got back on? The hardest way I've got back on is jumping into something really strict and, you know, do a complete, you know, calorie cut, working at a deficit. As far as like my carbohydrates would come from things that are not processed at all. So like rice and beans and. Yeah. Okay. No breads, no crackers, no, no anything like that. Everything is whole. I don't know. I just, it's like something that I do when I'm really on track, when I, it sounds stupid, but when I eat a salad is I will use just oil and vinegar, but if I'm not feeling it, I'll go grab the, you know, creamy poppy seed dressing that is not the best dressing, but at least I'm eating vegetables. Right. Yeah. At least it's on a salad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And not cheese right. and chicken. Exactly. So I will do things like that to ease myself back into where I was at. It's eating a chicken breast, but I know I don't I don't really eat dairy now, but in the past, you know, I would put some cheese on the chicken. Mm -hmm. Little little things like that to or some cheese on my potatoes or something like that. Just as a nice little, all right, I'm giving myself a what I considered a treat. Yeah. That comfort. Yes. Because when I'm sick, comfort foods is what I want to go to. One of the things I, that I remember mother fixing for us, um, well, me when I was sick at home was chicken and dumplings. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't eat chicken and dumplings anymore. 
I haven't had chicken and dumplings in years. Same. How about this? How about um, if you're off your nutrition plan and you started eating foods that, that you that are not good for you to be eating on the nutrition plan you you want to be on, instead of completely cutting them out, how about just reducing how much of those you are eating by like a third, and then a week or so later cut it by another third until eventually it's gone. Yeah, portion control is a huge thing. Like for my instance, it would be for me to start at my maintenance phase and then work into my deficit. That makes sense. Yep. I've just been eating like crap lately anyway. I've only been eating once a day. <laughs> and it was I really soup. <laughs> I had, I've had rice today. I really haven't eaten today. Uh, well, do we have anything else for this episode? Hold on. I made a little list here. Let me see. Um, have we hit all the marks? Resting. You can, if, if you feel like you need professional help or if you want professional help, go ahead and go do it if, if it's in your budget. Are you talking about like seeing a dietitian? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A nutritionist or a dietitian, or um, if you feel like you need a little help getting back on your fitness program, maybe hire a certified personal trainer for a little while. Go ahead and do it. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah, idea. That, is, that is a great idea. Yeah. Plus two, I think that if you're going to consult with someone, even virtual would be less expensive than if they were physically in front of you. Yeah, probably would be. I've never done any virtual like doctor's appointments or anything like that. Well, no, but you do virtual yoga with your daughter. I do. Yes. And the thing of it is, is that when you actually start talking with somebody about stuff like this, it's something that Didi will say will, will give me an idea and something that mm-hmm. I would say might give you an idea. Uh-huh. And we can just bounce off of one another like that. So may, like Didi said, you know, get support around you. Yeah. The fitness and nutrition buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's somebody to work out with in person or virtually, like I do with my oldest daughter when she teaches mm-hmm. yoga. Something else too is that if you pay for something, you may be more inclined to actually do it if you're actually paying. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I think most of it's pretty much common sense anyway. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, a lot of times people just need to hear it repeated. Yeah, I'm 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 one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Same. All right, I got to learn the hard way. Well, I'll tell you what, since we all need to get back on our nutrition plan, let's post our breakfasts this week, every day. Let's aim for five breakfasts. Yeah, come on, let's do it. <laughs> well, I can already tell you what mine's going to be because I have the same breakfast every day when I'm working. What? I have cottage cheese and strawberries and either an apple or apple sauce that has no sugar in it. Okay, mine'll be different. Didi could just take a picture and just sit in the same picture every day. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you. Bye. 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 That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Sister Sharpen Sister. And if you enjoyed this episode, please invite your family and friends to listen and leave us a review. If you would like to be a guest on Sister Sharpen Sister, you can send us an email to sharpsistertrio at gmail.com. Follow us over on Instagram at Sister Sharpen Sister. You can find everything Sister Sharpen's Sister exclusively on Spotify. We appreciate all of you for listening and hopefully you will join us next time. That's all, folks. Wow. <laughs>